Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. I told my daughter I was nervous about speaking this morning. She said, Dad, all you got to do is stand there and look pretty. <laughs> but I think we'll probably do a little bit more than that. Well, good morning. Happy anniversary. What a time to celebrate. What a time to celebrate. 30 years. That's a, that's a big deal. When we moved to Airdrie, I thought there was 14,000, but, but the stats I read this week said that there's 12,500 people in the city of Airdrie called it home, and, and now we're over 77,000. I mean, there's been, there's been so many, many changes. There are now communities in Airdrie that I don't know the names of. People tell me to go places, and people tell me to go places uh, in Airdrie, and, and I, can't, I can't find them. Shannon... Shannon Liu um, says that she raised us. Uh, we were 24 years old. Well, Audrey was a little older than that. <laughs> but she looks younger than me. But uh, we, we were, I was 24 years old when we, when we started the church. That makes me 54 now. And, and Shannon says that she raised me. And so um, you can either blame her or thank her uh, for that. But uh, it's, it's so nice to be with you this morning. Um, some who have been here a long time. Uh, happy birthday. <laughs> Carol's birthday today. Uh, Ed and Louise, David, Brian. Well, we can clap, okay. <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't mean that just as a slough off happy. It was a very sincere happy birthday. Um, Ed and Louise, David are here, and they, you know, Brian Hazeltine shared with us a, a few moments ago. Um, it was actually in Ed and Louise's house where we decided, where we announced that we were going to start um, uh, public services at the Birch Church Theater. And what a, what a ride it's been. There's been so many changes in the city, in the community. But, but I am so thankful that 30 years later, I can still fit into the same watch strap. It, it, it would be nice to walk through uh, some memories with you. Uh, for those who have been here about three decades or so, and, and for those who are more recent to the congregation, just to talk about the places we've been and the things that have happened and, and the lives that have been impacted. But, but I don't think my assignment this morning is to somehow reminisce and be, be nostalgic. Um, I, I do think, though, it, it's important to acknowledge the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of God's people, Amen. that God has been faithful. Noah, uh, God spoke to Noah in Genesis, and, and he said this, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Every morning the sun has risen and every evening the sun has set. And the seasons have changed and time has gone on and it continues to go on. And, and uh, times and seasons, they change. And, and we live in a world where there are, are so many things changing. We're here on September 11th. 21 years ago, our world changed. 
our world, and I was reading some of the, the memories of the people who gave their lives to save others. This, this week, there was a shift in our world as, as we begin to mourn the passing of the queen and, and the change that has happened there and the change that will go on from there as, as King Charles has ascended to the throne and, and the shift that will happen in the commonwealth and in the realm. And, and there are times and seasons that are significant that we go through, but I'm so grateful that no matter what the season, God is faithful. Malachi tells us this, God says, I am the Lord, I do not change. And we celebrate the scripture that's on the wall. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so we're able to say with grateful hearts, great is thy faithfulness. All, all we have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. And we sang that, that hymn so often. Pastor Matt, I was so delighted as we were singing those older songs that your guitar didn't explode. Uh, I didn't know if you were smiling or smirking, but it was awesome to, to watch. And so yeah, I'm just praying that you know, we'll be able to move into hymns for you. Um, <laughs> but not only has God been faithful, the people of God have been faithful. You have been faithful. And I don't think you need to wait to heaven to hear, well done, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing and giving. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for continuing. Thank you for being committed. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for caring. Thank you for being connected. Thank you for sacrificing. You have done that well. Thank, thank you for your faithfulness. I remember one time a lady asked me, she was a very unchurched, unchurched lady. And she wasn't being antagonistic and she wasn't being confrontational. She was just being inquisitive. It was a very sincere and real question. She asked me, why would I come to your church instead of the other churches that, that are around? What, what makes your church different? I didn't have to think very long to come up with the answer. I said, it's the people. It's, it's the people. You've, you've got to get to know our people because they are wonderful. It's not the ministries we offer. It's, it's not the stuff we do. It's not what the service looks like. You can go to a lot of churches. There'll be singing and there'll be a talk and there'll be stuff for the kids. And the, there's lots of the same format. It's not those things. It's not the location. It's not the time. On, on, on. I said, it's the people. You've got to get to know the people because they're wonderful. And that's, and that's why we gather. It's because of the people. And, and I just wanted to say, it's, it's to worship the Lord. You, you can do that anywhere. You, you choose to come and do this here in community. And so what I told her is I said, it, it's our people. It's you. And I still think that way about you. About 15 years ago, there was a scripture that became very significant for our, our church. It was in, in 1 Samuel, it says this. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. And this is what Ebenezer means. It doesn't mean Scrooge. This is what Ebenezer, we call, called it Ebenezer. Thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far the Lord has So half of the time, about 15 years ago, and here we are now 30, thus far the Lord has helped us. 
Thus far, the Lord has helped you. And the implication is that he will continue to help, that he will continue to be. But thus far, the Lord has helped you be faithful. And I want to say thank you for that. You are well-deserving of the credit, and God is well-deserving of the glory. Well, well done. Audrey asked me earlier this week, or the latter part of, uh, of last week, what I was going to be speaking on. And if you, have your, if you have your device, now that's changed a lot in 30 years. We used to say if you have your Bible, but if you have your device, you want to turn to, to Matthew chapter 22. But she asked me what I was going to, going to be speaking on. And I said, I'm going to share the same scripture that I, that I uh, shared on our opening service. She said, you, you remember the sermon? I said, no, I don't remember the sermon, but I do remember the verse, which is remarkable because often I can't remember what I had for breakfast. But 30 years ago, I remember sharing from this verse, and it, it, was, it was so foundational for our church, and it's so foundational for my life. It's so foundational for Christians and the premise that, that we began the church with was this. If we love God and we love people, we can get through anything. If we love God and we love people, we can get through anything. Matthew 22, Jesus is responding to a question. What's, what's most important? So what's the greatest command? When it comes down to it, what, what matters? Jesus said this. Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love God with everything that you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. Loved ones? We can't get this wrong. We, we can't get this wrong. We can't miss this. Of all the things that matter, this cannot be a swing and a miss. This is what we are about. Uh, if we do this, we love God and we love people. Jesus said it's what's most, most important. Love God with everything that you have. Hold nothing back. Love God. And he said, and the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The, the, the likeness isn't just that it sounds like it. It's that we love people with everything that we have in the same manner, in the same way. We love God with everything that we have, and we love our neighbor. We're all in as ourselves. So we don't do it selfishly, what's in it for me, but we do it selflessly because we care. That's what he said is most important. Now, now, hear this, love He did not say, what's the most important thing? He didn't say serve God. He didn't even say follow God. And there are places in Scripture where it talks about serving God. There are places in Scripture where, where Jesus said, follow me. But when he's asked the question, what's the most important thing? He said, love God. Love him wholly and completely. Because as you do, your love for him will cause you to live for him. Your love for him will cause you to live for him. It, it's not about fulfilling all the commandments and, and, and obedience and all the complications that can come with that. Jesus, Jesus said this. It's in God, John's gospel. 
if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And sometimes people have, have twisted that and, and shared it in such a way that, that, it, that it's so abrasive and so commanding. If you love me, if you love me, prove if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Sometimes in scripture, it's, it's like getting an email or a text. You read it, and, and if you don't know the tone, you can misinterpret the heart of, what, of what's being said. And if we don't hear the tone, but we know the tone of the voice of God who loves us, who gave himself for us. We, we know his heart. We know his tone when he speaks to us. And when he says, if you love me, this is what it means. If you love me, it will cause you to keep my commandments. That, that's what love does. It's not just a warm feeling in the room. It's a motivation. It's compelling. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's a natural outflow of our, of our love for him. And it's the same thing with people. Love your neighbor as yourself. If I love you, if I love you, I will fulfill all of God's commandments as it relates to, to you. If I love you, if I love you, I will want what's best for you. If I love you, my love for you will prevent me from intentionally harming you. My love for you will prevent me from stealing from you. You, you will fulfill the commandments. Jesus narrowed it down to, to two. We don't have to have the, the over 600 commandments that the Pharisees said we need to follow. We don't have to have the, the 10 commandments and how do we fulfill all of those because Jesus raised the bar on the 10 commandments. It wasn't just about what, what goes on outwardly but what goes on inwardly in our hearts. And he just narrowed it down so easily for us. Love God and love people. And if we do those things, hang, hang all the law and the prophets. This is what all God's law is constructed on. Fulfill these two things. Love God and, and love people. But there is a difference between the declaration of love and the demonstration of love. There's a difference between declaring love and demonstrating love. It's not enough that we declare our love. It somehow needs to show up in the way we live. So that when people ask us, why do you do what you do? Why do you live this way? What motivates you? We're able to say just very simply, because I love God. And because I love people. That's why I do what I do. Because I love God. And I love people. The telltale sign of a follower of Christ is not our declaration of love. It's not what we say. It's what we do. It's our demonstration of love. Think about the verses that, that many of you will know. For God so loved the world. He talked about it a lot. For God so loved the world, he thought about it a lot. For God so loved the world, he gave. His only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And hear, hear the heart behind it. It goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. For God so loved the world, he gave. Scripture will tell us in Romans, that God demonstrated, or he, it, it shows. He demonstrated 
his love for us while we were yet sinners. Before we had done anything good or anything right, before we had turned our hearts and our lives to him, he's talking to the church in Rome. Before any of that, God demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. He died for the world around us. He loves your neighbor as much as he loves us. He loves the people that bug you as much as he loves us. Love God and love people. It's just not that complicated. It's simple. It's, it's not always simple to do, but it's simple to understand what we are to be about. And somehow that the world will know that, that we're Christians. Somehow the world will know that the, we're the real deal. Authentic, not perfect. Man. I've got so many shortcomings. I've got so many failures. I've... I've Sometimes I feel like I blow it more than I make it. (laughs) It's just. But they will know that we are Christians, that we are Christ-like, that we are Christ followers because of our love for him. And, And Jesus said this, because of the love that we have for one another. And that's not just love talking about it. It's showing it. It's got to show up. It needs to be visible. It needs to be tangible. It needs to be practical. And, and so, when I said 30 years ago, if we love God and we love people, we can get through anything. And so when there are disagreements, when there are struggles, when there are frustrations, when there are failures, when there are hurts, there is always a way through. Because scripture says this, that love covers a multitude of sins. And that if we love God and we love our neighbor, we can get through anything. Love God, love people. And I want to say just before I move to the next scripture, I have noticed that it shows in your life that you love God and that you love people. It, it shows. You're the real deal. Well done. The, the other scripture that I wanted to share with you this morning. See, I don't have a three-point sermon, but I hopefully have a what's-the-point sermon. Love God, love people, <laughs> let it show. That, that has to do with where we started 30 years ago, but I feel like this is for where you're headed in this next season and submit this to your pastor and your leadership team. This other verse that I, I'm just going to share, and I've got a couple thoughts about it, and then we'll, we'll be in the home stretch. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. The Apostle Paul writing, right into the church in a place called Corinth. He writes this letter. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And then he will, he will go on to say, and he'll, he'll talk about communion, he'll talk about the supper, he'll talk about the body that was broken for us. For I, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you. And he'll, he'll say that the Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And after he had given thanks, he, you know, he, he gave it to the disciples and he said, take eat, this is my body which is done in, re, in remembrance of you. And in, in like manner, he'll take the cup after supper, saying this is uh, the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so that, that, those verses are quoted in, in so many scriptures, usually on the first Sunday of the month. Uh, all around our world, we come to this passage of Scripture about, about communion. 
but it starts off with, with just this phrase, for I received from the Lord, which also I delivered to you. And, and I feel like as, as Paul begins to talk about the broken body, now the, the, the bones of Jesus weren't broken, they fulfilled scripture that way, but, but the, the broken body that we might receive wholeness. Jesus was broken that we might be made whole. He gave his blood that we might be forgiven. But it's this point of this, this brokenness that we might be, whole, be made whole. For I receive from the Lord that which I pass on to you. And I think of all of the ministry that we need to be about and all the places and, and things we need to do. The, the number one thing is this, that we need to minister wholeness to broken people. That, that we don't need to minister more brokenness to people. That we, I love the, one of the first rules of medicine is this, do no harm. I don't want to make it worse for people because I showed up. That we would be a people who minister wholeness to broken people. I felt like that's what the Lord was impressing on my heart. To tell you and to share with you that the health that you have, the strength, what, what God has done in your life, the restoration he's done, the redemptive work and purposes he has accomplished in your life. We celebrate, we're so grateful for him. But it wasn't just all about you. It was for you, but it was not only for you. It's that we might take the health that God has given us and pass it on to others. Because it's not just all about us. That which you have received, the health that you have received from him, the wholeness, the restoration, the life, take that and pass that on to others. You don't, you don't have to have it all together before you start. If you have it all together, that's probably another conversation we have to have. We don't, none of us have it all together. So we don't have to wait to start to simply take what we have received and pass it on to others. That's what discipleship is all about. You're not responsible for what you don't have, but we are responsible for what we do have. And so what we've been given, we pass that on. Don't wait until tomorrow because people need to be loved and cared for and ministered to right now, today. Just simply pass on what the Lord has given you. Has he filled you with joy in the midst of a difficult circumstance? Boy, some of us have gone through tough stuff. But in the midst of that, we, we, we discover that in the midst of mourning, God has a joy for us. We admit in the midst of sorrow, he has a comfort for us. And we've experienced that. Well, can you take that and pass that on to someone who's struggling? To someone who's hurting? To someone who's, who's had just the, the wind knocked out of them? That you could come and, and there could be a freshness of life and care and concern. And you could help bring hope to the hopeless and encouragement and strength. Have you experienced confidence and trust when you lost your job? Oh, I know those initial moments are rough. What am I going to do? I wasn't expecting this, on and on. But then discovered that there was a strength and trust that was available to you, that God's, God sees the end of a thing from the beginning, and so he's already made a way of provision, and so he's going to walk with you. And, and you've walked in that, and you've got a history of that. Can you pass that on to someone else whose world is just turned upside down? Filled, has he filled you with hope? Has he shown you so much care when you felt so all alone? When you felt like nobody knows, nobody understands, and nobody's faced what you're facing?
Have you discovered the closeness of a God who comes to be with you? Emmanuel, God with us. Have you discovered Psalm 46, that he is a very present help in time of trouble? In those moments, you've lived it, you've experienced it, then pass it on to someone. I don't mean by somehow quoting a verse and being trite about it. I know you're not like that. Instead, we minister the truth of God as people are able to, to receive it. We don't give them both barrels all at once. Instead, we just simply take what we have received and we share. I've been where you are and I know how hard it is. And our situations aren't identical, but I know this. This helped me. God was able to walk with me, and I was walking with him. And there was a strength that came from that, and you can pass that on. And in loving, gentle, kind, and strong ways, you can pray with someone, and you can be there for them. And sometimes it's just enough to be present. Say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But in your brokenness and in, your, in, in this world that shatters us, I will come and I will just simply be with you. I don't know what else to do. The presence of God rests in your life. You can bring a peace of God just by walking in the room. I had a, I had a friend say this just recently. They've gone, gone through all kinds of struggles. It's, a, it's, uh, it's another pastor. And they, they said to me, when I phone you, and I hear your voice, I know it's going to be okay. Before I say anything, before I pray with them, before anything, and I don't say that, that that's about me, it has to do with being present for people. And they just simply said, when I hear your voice, I know it's going to be okay. And we need to be the voice of hope to people. What you have received, pass it on. You don't need a theological degree. You simply need to be a caring person who knows Jesus and what he's done for you. The message is this, what he's done for you, he can do for others. You can say, what he's done for me, I don't know how he did it, but there was a transformation that took place. I relied on him and he came through with me, for me. There may be others say, I relied on him and it looked like he disappointed me, he let me down, but I've discovered that he didn't. It didn't work out how I had wanted and hoped and dreamed or planned but he was still there. And just because it felt like the end doesn't mean it is the end. Whatever the Lord has done for you, whatever measure of health and wholeness he has given you, pass it on and do it today. Ephesians will tell us that we need to walk circumspectly, not, not as fools, but as wise. And it, then it goes on to say this, redeeming the time for the days are evil. It means make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time for the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity. And so we are, we are thankful for the past. Oh, look what the Lord has done. And we are hopeful for the future. Scripture tells us that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into our hearts what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. We're thankful for the past, we're expectant for the future. But we need to live, live in today. There are, there are people who live for the moment without, without regard for eternity. Just living in the moment, and sometimes that moment they're living in has to do with 60 or 70 or 80 years, whatever, say this is the moment, because that's all it is, it is a moment. Life is like a, a, a vapor and pff, appears for a brief time and then 
then vanishes away. There are people who live for the moment. And I, I wouldn't want to encourage you to live for the moment, but do this live in the moments, in the moments that God gives you to be a blessing and to be a strength and to be an encouragement and to bring health and wholeness to a world that so wants to break people and shatter our hopes and dreams and shatter our lives and fragment us in so many, so many pieces. Aren't you glad we have a God who picks up the pieces? and puts us back together again. You get to be a part of that. May we be those who not, do not live for the moment, but live in the moment, making the most of every opportunity, bringing wholeness to people. For I pass on that which I have received from the Lord, and may we do it in love, as we love God, and we love people with everything within us. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. God, and I pray today for those here who have a sense of brokenness in their lives, that there has been a shattering. There has been a disillusionment and a, and a woundedness, hurts, both that, that we have fallen into and, and that have been forced upon us. I know no fault of our own. God, there's a brokenness. I pray this morning that you administer your healing power to each person, your compassionate touch, touch and the strength of your presence, that there would be a wholeness in the life that is imparted right now, just not, not superstitiously, but spiritually, that there would be a spiritual moment right now because of the living God, that your presence would come and settle upon people right now, bringing wholeness wherever there has been a brokenness. And I pray that there would be an exchange that takes place. You tell us that, that you will give us an oil of joy in the midst of our mourning, that when there's a spirit of heaviness, God, you can transform that and transform us. That there would be a garment of praise that we would be clothed in. God, uh, you're able to heal the brokenhearted. So those who have broken hearts today, God, I pray your touch. Those who feel like that they're, they're captives, they're, they're, they're in prison to the brokenness. That nothing can set them free. Jesus, I pray you would open that door. You are the opener of prison doors. And you set the captives free. Whatever has tried to hang on in that brokenness, God, I pray today would be a step forward in wholeness and healing. And walking out of that to the new life that you have for each person. May the touch of your spirit settle upon each life. Ministering wholeness and healing. And Lord, I pray for this congregation. You'd help each one to live out their love for you and their love for others in ways that demonstrate your life-changing power, your love, as you launch Hillside into this next season of ministry as they reach Airdrie and the world around them for Christ. God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you're going to do. May you receive all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Three, three verses just as I, as I leave the platform, and, and I, there's a sense of, of a prophetic nature to it, just speaking it over you and over your pastor. I'm so grateful for, so grateful for Pastor Brad and Yvonne, for Pastor Matt and Tracy.
their leadership here. Jesus began his ministry when he was 30 years old, his public ministry, and as, as Hillside turns 30. I just want to say these, these three quick verses over you. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, The end of a thing is better than the beginning. Job 8, 7 says, Though your beginning was small, your latter would increase abundantly. And Philippians 1, 6, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here, of inviting me, of, and, and I know that was more than just throwing the old dog a bone, <laughs> that, that there was a sincerity and a graciousness, and it was a real honor to be here, uh, Pastor Brad Hillside. God bless you. I love you. You made the rain, so when it falls on me, should I complain? Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family. And that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. You are the joy. You're the smile on the face of your boy. You're the flowers at the park in Detroit. Still the words on the back of our coins. Let's make some noise. You cover me, my defender, when you're rolling up your sleeve. You're the truth that's gonna set the captive free. The only king that's ever chose to bleed. That's what I believe. But they keep trying to make your glory fade. But I ain't really sweating what they say. Ain't no doubt about you
witnessing my life.